Aloha, thank you for pressing play. Welcome to the Eating Curve Balls for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Mahoy, and your biggest fan when it comes to hitting those curveballs that life, sports, or parenting can throw you right out of the park. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. In this episode, you get to hear our conversation with Ian Jones, founder of Top Recruit. We have a little bit of technical difficulty right in the beginning, but stick with us because Ian shares some great insights, his experiences as an athlete, as well as what Top Recruit and his team are doing for student athletes in the world of youth sports today, particularly right now in the sport of softball, but eventually in other sports as well. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Stacey, are you there? I'm having... Could be, could be where, I, where I'm at, and it's a bad spot. Let me see here. All right, <laughs> I can hear you. There we go. You got me? All right, thanks again for coming on and taking some time out this morning. I know you have a super busy schedule. You're actually traveling this week as well. Yeah, no problem. Glad I, glad I could be on. Yeah. So, Ian, um, I actually connected first. Well, not, I, don't know, I don't know if that was our first connection, but connected with you through Top Recruit when you were trying to put together some events locally in Hawaii for softball. And um, I just wanted to kind of touch upon that later on, as well as some of the some of the issues you see going on with events in um, in our community and what you guys are trying to do about it. So I'm super excited to talk about that. But before we get into all of that, um, let's let's hear a little bit more about you and like your background. So like, what sports um, did you play when you were growing up? Of course, of course. Uh, let's see. So the, the last sport that I did play was, was baseball. I played collegiately at the University of Hawaii from, in the late 90s. So from 90, it would have been uh, the fall of 97 is when I w- went to school. And then I graduated with my degree in the um, winter of 2001. But I, I grew up playing a lot of sports. Uh, that was one thing my parents really believed in. Um, we also did martial arts. So we did karate, my, my older brother and I, of course. Uh, we did karate. We did soccer, which I absolutely couldn't stand because I hated running. <laughs> it was a chubby kid. <laughs> but um, we did that. We did uh, basketball. I wasn't very good at basketball, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed playing, playing a team sport. And then um, my parents at times, to, to keep us busy, we did tennis camps just to be busy, you know, stay busy over the summer so we weren't sitting on the couch just playing video games. Um, we were heavily involved in boys and girls clubs things just, uh, again, to kind of get out of the house. And you don't really see that as much now. Um, I guess maybe that's more, I guess it, people always kind of associate that with inner city. But when, um, when we were all growing up, right, it was that boys and girls club was something that was very common. It didn't, it wasn't really divided, I guess, by class now. And it's, uh, it's, it's sad to see that, but uh, it definitely served a great purpose. And we got to interact with a lot of different kids and, and uh, I guess you could say social classes, but sports in general, uh, let's say football, I, grew, I always had a great arm, but I, um, going back to me being a, kind of a chubby kid, <laughs> I played uh, football. My seventh grade year would have been my first year, and I started out playing lineman of all positions. Oh, wow. And um, that was at the same time. I had a real transformation as a, as a kid. Yeah. Um, at seventh grade, I, I lost a ton of weight. I had braces that year. So I looked so different from going into that season, coming out to it. And then I played quarterback in eighth grade. And then I played quarterback all the way through high school. And fortunately, I was very lucky to play at a, at a very good program um, at the same school. Cool. We had a great baseball program as well. So kind of all over the place. Very cool. And where did you grow up? 
uh, was born in Hawaii, and uh, we moved before I turned three and moved out to Las Vegas. And then you ended up coming back for school. I did. Came back for school. Cool. Ha- I have a ton of family out there, and uh, always it was always nice. That was one of the things my parents, uh, that's where my parents met as well. My mom's uh, a local girl. But uh, we were able to at least find the Ninth Island out here in Las Vegas. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's, that was another connection, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. So very interesting. You said um, that you actually started football rather late. relative. Well, at that time, was that considered late seventh grade or is that not like now that's late, right? Because everybody's well, starting when they're like five. But... Yeah. Well, for, for us, we were so involved with other sports that um, it was it was to be honest with you, I was not looking forward to the physicality. Mm. And uh, you'll laugh about this. I think most maybe the listeners will laugh. I was like deathly afraid of black kids. I thought they were just <laughs> going to just beat me up. And and I was like, I, I so, certainly wasn't the local the local Hawaii kid tough. Um, I didn't have that. And so I didn't know what I was in for. But to be honest with you, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me in sports because it toughened me up and allowed me to understand um, what it was like to push through some of your boundaries mm-hmm. or, or obstacles and uh, – I, to this day, I'll talk to people about how football was so significant for me and it, it prepared me for a lot of the trials and tribulations that I would, I would encounter in, uh, later on in sports, but particularly in baseball. That's very cool. Well, it's just interesting because my son, um, he played like one year of tackle way back when he was nine. And, and at that point, some of the kids that are even playing for a few years, he was just kind of lost that season, but he also played on the line. And then this past um winter well fall actually what it was his seventh grade year also played again so that was really his like first real year where he kind of knew what the heck was going on yeah and um but he had he'd also grown a lot but he did his like growth spurt before the season started so yours is interesting where you kind of went into it um and came out of it quite different in your experience from what you felt going in and, and coming out of that one season it sounds like so that's kind of cool. And then Boys and Girls Club is also something that um, my kids just started going to because all of their cousins are going and they're like, I want to go to Boys and Girls Club too. So they're just starting. They're loving it. It's super fun. And our uh, facility nearby is, is pretty new. So it's a really nice it's a really nice space for the kids to go to, at least here. And um, it's interesting that you mentioned that as well. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, um, as far as getting into top recruit how did that all happen it's like what happened after college and then this is how long have you been doing top recruit stuff and future prospects well it's it's kind of complicated but in uh to to explain but um the the brand and everything has been owned by my older brother for several years he actually owned the domain name um back in 1998 so i was probably headed to my second year uh, sophomore season of university university of hawaii and he was when you kind of go back to um, the history of it but just between he and i um he wanted to revolutionize recruiting and he kind of envisioned this uh and he played uh, football at the air force academy um he went to west point preparatory school played football and um and then he ended up coming back he was honor- uh, honorably discharged came back and was a triple business major at unlv but um, wow. so when I left for school, he saw where, you know, this this thing called the World Wide Web was about to launch. Yes. Right? And, 
And I was going to say that's pretty, it was new then. It was very it new. It was relatively new. Yeah. Nobody knew what Google was. He was the same um, as my older brother, Nick. And Nick had said, Ian, when you go to a school, there's a search engine that nobody's going to know about. Everyone thinks Yahoo and Alta Vista are the, are the main ones. Right. When you go and you sp- do stuff for school, you're going to want to use a website called google.com. And it was the funniest <laughs> thing. So my brother has always been extremely um, intelligent and, and a visionary and just was always years ahead of, uh, of many different things. And, and I think on top recruit, it was something that uh, back then it was extremely expensive to try to start uh, tech companies, right? If you didn't, if you weren't right. raising millions upon millions of dollars because servers were $250,000 or whatever, it was hard. And, and Nick's vision was a few years ahead of time. And so he, he had that, um, he ended up having to kind of hold under the domain name. And at the time the trademark, uh, wasn't his. So he launched under elite recruit.com and he started with AAU basketball. And, um, do you have to forgive me? Kind of, I'm trying to give a little bit of a backstory on, on oh, no why it was able to come back to me. And, um, he started with a lot of the athletes. Um, he was going to these huge AAU tournaments that were based out of Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a huge hub for basketball tournaments, um, showcase and recruiting tournaments that is, and has been for years. And he had a lot of the kids on his database or his, um, whatever you want to call it, directory of athletes were guys that eventually played in the NBA. They were big names. I mean, he had a lot of, uh, big name college coach programs that were coming up to him curious as to what is this whole thing that you're doing? He was doing profile images, taking pictures and doing some measurements and, and, mm. but it just didn't catch on because people didn't understand that at that time it was fill out your questionnaire, mail in your VHS tape. Yeah. And so yeah. the education aspect was so, it was so insurmountable to try to, to conquer that it just didn't really take off for him. Um, to this day, he still has the old server or access to the old athletes. And there's a lot of guys that are now retired in the NBA but he had at least 20, 20 guys on that uh, system. And, uh, and so that goes what we are doing today. I, I am very happy to be able to tie in kind of that initial um, foundational idea that, that Nick had a long time ago. So we, he shelved it for a while. He, he always held on to things. Um, but he started a, a small business internet tools company after I got out of college. I, I think I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do post-career I mm-hmm. at University of Hawaii, I'd had Tommy John surgery towards the end of my career and never really got closure. So I spent I spent the better part of 10 years to tw- 10 to 12 years uh, working with student athletes in the private pitching industry. Uh, so I did mm-hmm. private lessons for yeah about 10 to 12 years and, before the upswing of travel ball and, uh, and right. right into it. And my brother and I talked about different things. Um, he acquired a lot of different domain names and we were trying to figure out if we could ever do anything with that name one day. And so you fast forward a few years and it's about 2007, 2008. We started wanting to Mm -hmm. raise money to do it. This massive baseball online baseball community, which I think one day we'll still be able to do it now, but it was the the industry shifted. You're able to start businesses online um, and do it at a, a fraction of the cost of of the late nineties. And even today right. with everything being housed on the cloud, it's a lot cheaper. So yeah. we get to a point where we looked at top recruit and it was 2012. We looked at it and thought, what could we do with that from a, from a, an event side? Could I do anything? And I had convinced him to let me um, start the brand with showcase events. And that was, um, if you can kind of think back to that time frame, especially in softball, uh, their showcase, you know, tournaments and, and recruiting tournaments were starting to become kind of the norm across 
probably the seven mainstream sports, right? Baseball, mm-hmm. softball, football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse. And I pitched this idea to him and I said, what about a platform that is tied in and does recruiting tournaments, but also taps into this software kind of concept mm-hmm. that you're thinking. And, um, and then we kind of talked about combine testing. And, and so after, you know, launching in baseball and getting to the point where we felt we had something special in baseball, which we did, it was just, we found that baseball was so saturated. And then I was introduced to somebody on Facebook out of Southern California that talked to me about where softball was and this, and it's, uh, he's, I'm friends with him. His name's Kevin. Um, and we, we chat, we still are in touch. And he said, I think that, uh, what, what you're trying to do would be really good for our sport. And so I spent the first couple of years researching. We did uh, a lot of showcase camps before we did anything in the tournament side. So we spent, spent time doing that, doing uh, a lot of observing, uh, went to a lot of the bigger tournaments that I kept hearing things about and, mm-hmm. and tried to get educated with college coaches. And then we finally launched in 2016. And so we are now going into our third season of tournaments under top recruit. So, very cool yeah i was wondering uh thanks for the background because i was wondering like you were a baseball player so it's interesting that you're really you know doing a lot with the softball side of things so i was kind of wondering how that came about so you already answered that and i don't know if people people remember um i was actually at the university of hawaii from 94 to 96 and at that time it was like the internet was so new and we like just got email Mm -hmm. and then um i remember chats at that time were like we could literally see it was like a split screen at at least at school it was was the first time i was ever on chat and so the person you were talking to had like the top of the screen and you had the bottom bottom, and it was like real time yep (laughs) so you could see them typing things out and then having to like delete it if they make mistakes it was hilarious it was so funny but um (laughs) But not only was business expensive at that time, but just the internet service was, you know, just to get online was like not as easy as it was today. So, um, and then to even think of buying domain names back then, I can't even imagine. So your brother was really, yeah, like you said, ahead of his time. And and um, even as far in as like 2003, 2004, people were still mailing packets to coaches. So the whole online recruiting thing really didn't blossom and kind of become more common until quite a few years after he had the idea. That's right. Um, and it's really cool that you guys are, you know, kind of going back to it and really being able to utilize more of, you know, all of that, but come together with, you know, your ideas and, um, to really put something together that's going to be effective. And even when you first talked to me about it, uh, there were quite a few other, I mean, there were, there were some other platforms that were doing similar things or doing some testing here and there, um, a little bit more specialized. It sounds like you guys are starting to hit up different places in the country and um, do quite a few events. So now in 2018, what are the main kinds of events that you do? Is it just like showcases or is it more like exposure camps? Like what's the... What's the main thing that you're doing right now? Well, we, we have two entities, uh, so we could avoid some stuff. Um, there are, I, I recall uh, a gentleman that was trying to, I guess, cause some problems for us. And, uh, and I, being new into 
any sort of recruiting event um, type of mm-hmm. event, whether it's, you know, showcase camp or a tournament. I remember somebody was um, trying to cause me some problems and maybe it's because we looked like we had the ability to grow faster than them. I don't really know. Um, but I, <laughs> it, it was, it was a very stressful time. Cause I was like, man, all I want to do is, is try to help athletes and, right. you know, softball, you, you had, you had touched upon um, trying to figure out where, why it was I did softball. Um, baseball was extremely saturated and softball being a diamond sport was very easy and made perfect sense to just go right into. And cause right. I, I wouldn't have to educate myself. And, and right. I, I think having to come in and, and be new and having to educate your, your customer base or the community, it's uh, that's already tough as it is, let alone yeah. going into a sport yeah. you don't know. But um, we, we started with uh, camps. We, we will always do showcase camps and try to figure out ways to, um, to connect athletes with, high level instruction. I having done private lessons for years, uh, I worked with over a thousand athletes in 12 years. And I mean, I had, I had seven year old learning how to just play catch all the way to kids that were in college, you know, trying to get, uh, get, get into the pros. And so I, I completely appreciate the dynamic of, of those clinicians that are out there or those coaches in, in mm-hmm. high school and travel ball. And, and of course, coll- collegiately um, I, I just have such tremendous respect because I know what they go through. But I, I've never coached right. a team. Um, I, I did once. I think I coached the Legion. Um, one year I coached the Legion uh, summer at my old at my alma mater, Green Valley High School. And uh, my current business partner, Kyle Hansen, is was actually a senior uh, that summer. He was going into his senior year, so it's kind of funny to look back and um, and think that that was the very first time I was around him was actually as a as an alumni, and I was coaching him that summer. But we we focus on at Top Recruit. Um, we try to really get to a point where we're offering more. I think the value add proposition is probably the, the phrase we use these days and, and that um, we want to give resources to athletes and, and to the community that we believe are going to help um, connect them with the opportunity to play at the next level. We don't ever guarantee with anybody, um, any particular coach, we will do our, our due diligence to try to find out who might be interested in coming out to camps who might be interested in coming out to tournaments, but that's one of the things I think you got to be careful about when you're running events um, in any sport is, is promising certain things and then right. under delivering. Right. And I think that's what um, I have found probably every sport uh, in the recruiting world is falling victim to right now is, is operators are over promising things and they're easily, mm-hmm. easily under delivering. And there's just this, this inadequacy, so to speak of, of event operators um, and what they're delivering. And I just, I hate to see that. So we're trying to do our part and I want to make sure that I, I lead kind of our group um, into making sure that we, we don't fall victim to that. We want to make sure everybody knows that they can count on at least one operator to do a great job for them. Yeah. And then what about as far as, okay, so those are like those camps with you've got instructors and coaches, and then you also do tournaments as well. Yes. So we, we do camps. We've done, when we first did camps in the first two years, we did somewhere between 16 or 20 camps around the country. Uh, we were up in Oregon. Mm-hmm. We did Georgia. We did Ohio, Hawaii a couple of times. We did Las Vegas mm-hmm. a few times, Southern California, an indoor camp in Texas, um, Florida. I, I can't try to remember. Um, Florida, we did something. And, and so we were all over the place got educated, learned a lot of people. And then we tie the camps into our tournaments now. So there's usually a camp right. aspect um, that usually right. proceeds, right? Usually it will proceed the uh, tournament. 
And, uh, and on our tournaments now, um, this is actually the very first summer that we will have every resource that we originally wanted to launch with back when we mm-hmm. did tournaments in 2016. Um, and that is, well, we're going to have a national player profile database under top recruit. And that is, um, that's probably one of our bigger, uh, resources that we're excited to have. Um, people always ask what, you know, why are you doing that? And I feel that every sport, not just the major, <clears throat> the major money sports in, in college being football and basketball. Um, and of course, baseball has been around and doing the whole scouting thing for years because of major league baseball. Right. But I felt that yeah. softball, particularly, uh, being the sport that we're focused on right now, it, it's at a level when you look at the coverage, right? You see there's 200-something games that ESPN's covering now, and mm-hmm. the coverage is just so much more tremendous that this sport deserves to have athletes propelled at that level. And, uh, and I think that with our brand being top recruit, and we're not really you know, your quintessential recruiting company like a lot of the other services that are out there, we don't have people soliciting kids. We have, we have a, a platform of resources from combine testing, um, that are sports specific, of course, the softball and every other sport will do. And then, of course, the database. We're uh, in production of re- rebuilding what we had that we never launched with a few years ago. We will launch that with every tournament this year, and it'll be something that athletes, that every athlete that plays in our tournament, they will be given a profile. And uh, in college coaches will be able to get on there. It'll be free for them to, to search, uh, search athletes. We have a lot of different search parameters that we're excited uh, to make their jobs easier and hopefully assist yeah. in their uh, their budget issues. So with that profile, that's something that you are putting information into or the athlete is putting information into? How does that work? So we will have uh, the ability with all the player rosters that come in, our, our developers actually building it in such a way where their athlete information comes in and it will auto-populate and auto-create mm-hmm. every athlete. So imagine we have 500 athletes in our tournament for the first first weekend. Every one of those athletes, 100% of them will get tested in our tournaments. The, the, so they'll mm-hmm. run through their combine testing. Those testing, just gotcha. some, of the, some of the tests are overhand throwing velocity, bad exit right. speed, 20-yard dash, or whatever you want to call it, home to first. Yeah. Um, we'll have home those. All those will be verified in the, kid, cool. in the athlete's profile. And then if they have a skills video, which is so paramount, you must have a skills video these days, they'll be able to embed that in there. And then their social media will be ta- uh, tied in there as well. So it'll be a one-stop shop for college recruiters to find athletes. And it'll be the Mm -hmm. one-stop shop for the athletes to be on a database where they know nationally um, there's nothing like this. And so we're, we're excited about it. Very cool. And so um, shoot, there was a question I was going to ask about that. Oh um, no, maybe not a question, but yeah, having that third party basically uh, stats, like you're home to first and you're, you know, you're throwing velocity and all that. Um, that's something that coaches tend to want to see, right? It's not just you saying how hard you throw or you saying how fast you run, but having it documented somewhere that's done by a third party is always helpful. In your experience, have you seen, you know, have coaches talked about that with you at all or? Sure. Uh, yeah, I can expand on that for sure. Um, yeah. Baseball, I hate to always co- correlate the two, but they're <laughs> so close, right? The, the, the unit yes. of measurements, the ability to, to, correlate the two on distances and how the game is played. It's, it's just as fast, right? Uh, softball mm-hmm. as to baseball. Um, they play the game faster in softball uh, and you're not sitting around for three hours twiddling your thumbs like you do in baseball. But um, they, uh, we've had a lot of coaches that have always sat here and told me that 
man, I, I, I know there's a place for it. People aren't used to it, but there's got to be a change. There's got to be somebody that's going to um, set the standard and really get it out there. I think people um, such as like Sue Inquis, she's been a catalyst for it, but I think she's, she probably had a, a difficult time maybe with other people adopting it um, or uh, her idea. And I've always, I've always loved it. I actually want to get reconnected with her because we are obviously launching everything this summer, but it's something that uh, we want to make sure that it stays in house with us. You talked about third party for us. It's important yeah. to be able to control everything. Um, we want to be able to have our standards go across the board. So whether you play in a top recruit right. tournament in Florida or you play up in the Northwest, College coaches know that the standards that we set with the way we execute everything, there's transparency and they know it's trusted. And mm -hmm. without that, I, I think that it, it gets a little difficult when you're an organization trying to run something and there's a third party that comes in. You don't yeah, know yeah. the level of standards that they're going to offer. You don't know if they it's just tough. And, and that's probably one of the bigger differences with us and some of the other tournament operators trying to do some st similar stuff is we want to make sure that, um, and of course I will always be involved in everything, is, is making mm -hmm. sure that our standards are really, really high and that we execute at the very best of our abilities. And, and I know we'll, we'll gain that trust from college coaches. We actually plan to, to do some testing and get involved with helping coaches at their camps so they can really start to know that they've got a trusted partner, um, so to speak, in the, in the recruiting event space where they – if they do see a number and it is verified in our database that they're going to know that, no, these are, these numbers are great. And then it adds to the right. whole eyeball test of looking right. at a, a student's um, uh, skills video, you know, so to speak. Yeah. 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 No, by third party, not for you guys, but I meant for like the athlete when they're talking to a coach, like the coach doesn't just want the athlete to say, Oh, I can throw this hard or I can run this fast. Like they like to see that somebody else, not their own coach or not oh, for their sure. own team you know what I'm saying? Like got their stats and like tested them and, and it's documented. Oh yeah. Not, Cause it's very easy. You know, yeah. We, yeah. We, like on your own athletic resume or whatever that you typed up, but like that somebody else kind of like tested you and verified the, the information. Yeah. It, it's cause it's, it's just like statistics, right? If, if, um, if you want to send in and all of a sudden uh, let's just say Susie, right. Susie sends in and her batting average is, you know, 675. You're just like, wow, 675, your batting average. And it's like, um, coaches are coaches are, are smart you know they they know what's going on they know when a number doesn't look right and then if you yeah. if you are a recruiting um if you're a student athlete out there listening to this coaches they do what's called an eyeball test if you've never heard about that they they've seen enough athletes where have they they have a decent idea if if in the video a girl's thrown you know fairly hard and we want to be able to add to that give them additional information that gives them a more concrete um number to go off of where they're looking and saying, okay, I like what I see on the skills video. Oh, wow. And this is actually verified by top recruit. They, they this is a legit like 65. And, you know, we want to add in social media and start tagging athletes while the tournaments are going on and do live in game measurables. So mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot we have planned. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, ambitious to say this, the, the least, but I, <laughs> I'm excited about this summer. We should yeah. be able to do some really great things. I love that you talked about how this summer you're finally going to have more of the services that you wanted to have originally, um, because that means that, you know, you didn't wait until everything was together to start and you just kind of started with what you had and what you could do at the time and then allowed it to, you know, grow and um, 
get added to from there. I probably still continue to do that as time goes on. I would I would guess. So, I think that's that's a concept that even athletes in their own in their own career can kind of embrace because sometimes people you know will get discouraged because they have this huge vision and it's like but I can't do that right now and so they don't even start and um, so I think that's pretty cool that you guys just kind of went ahead and did what you could and then like added to it and now this summer sounds like it's going to be a lot more um, a lot more of what you originally wanted and I'm sure you guys will continue to add to that as you you know learn and even you know as things evolve because it's just constantly changing these past I would say five to ten years it's grown so much and in the recruiting game in and of itself has evolved quite a bit yeah you have to be able to adapt I think in life right um there's I've always felt that that the average um, child needs to play sports just to get out there, interact is such a social concept to it, but being sports allows you to adapt to many different environments. And I think that that's, what's allowed me. And of course my parents, uh, I have, I was very blessed to have a good family. Um, But Mm -hmm. understanding that there's going to be different points in your life where you have to be able to adapt to what's going on. It's no different in business. It's no different in, in being an athlete that just because maybe you don't have the resources you want doesn't mean that there isn't something you can do that actually serves a good purpose. And, and I'm just very lucky uh, to have the resources I have and the support system that I do have. And um, it's one promise I've always wanted to make my older brother was if he gave me the ability to do something with a resource he's had, I, I was going to do the very best. And so I, yeah, you're right. I think you're, you hit it right on the head that it's not about waiting until you have everything. Because you might be waiting forever, you just don't know. You you have to take you have to take whatever you have, whatever tools those are, and put them to use. And as things come in, as and just like you said, if they when they will evolve, and you will be responsible for being able to adjust to it and make and put it to use and put it to your benefit. And I think that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying extremely hard, and and not every day is, is an easy day. Not every day goes uh, goes our way, but we try our best to roll the punches. And I think that's what life is about, right? Yeah, for sure. And so when an athlete comes to one of your events and you guys are in more places in the country this year, it sounds like trying to get into different communities and see what you can do there. But when an athlete comes to one of your events, what's like the main thing you want them to get out of that? What do you want them to feel while they're there? And what do you want them to get out of it? at the end? Um, I, I, if I could put it down to one word, I want them to, I guess, value, I think is probably the best. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunities, right? There's a, you can go to a lot of different uh, tournaments that are deemed showcases and you might see a couple college coaches here and might see a couple there, but a lot of times the tournaments are, they're just getting so big and, mm-hmm. or you have tournaments that I believe are, um, they're, being advertised as a recruiting tournament or a showcase, but they're, they're actually just a glorified travel ball tournament. And so we want transparency with what we do. Um, every, everything from, you know, administering the, the testing with the athletes to the online resource they're going to get, or any time we say that, Hey, these college coaches are coming, they, that we want them to know that they're going to get that. And so being, we want, I think, value to be associated with our name that if you're an athlete and you know you're going to come in and have a great experience and to come in and, and play hard. And if, if, it's the, if it's a great event and it, no matter what sport it is, 
if this, the event is set up to benefit you as an athlete and your team and the community that's all coming in, then you're probably going to have a pretty good opportunity to get in front of college coaches. But it's, I think we'll all agree if, if a tournament is spread out way too big, you don't mm-hmm. really know that. And it's uncertainty because we don't, you know, once you want to play at the next level, every single game matters, especially in the summertime when that's when all the recruiting events are. So it's extremely important to be ready. And um, it, like I said earlier, you're going to roll the punches. You're going to have games where you don't play well. It uh, doesn't mean that yeah. you, you have to get up, rub some dirt on it and get up and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> take another swing at it or uh, be ready to step in the box and, and give it another go. So, yeah. And I think one thing that I've heard, um, what I've heard from these showcases and tournaments too, is that sometimes when you make a mistake, coaches actually want to see what's going to happen next. Like, how are you going to respond to that? What's going to, you know, they actually want that opportunity to get to see how you handle that. So it's not always a total, you know, loss to make a mistake or to have a bad inning or what have you, but um, especially if, you know, you handle yourself well and you show that composure in, in that environment, because it's really easy when things are going well to look good. But like when you make a mistake, you know, it's a really big insight for coaches to see like what you're going to do. So I always encourage players, like if you mess up or you have a bad inning or you have a bad at bat, um, take that as an opportunity to really show what kind of player you are because coaches are, they actually really want to see that. Um, so don't, you know, don't let it become a snowball. Like take that, take it as a chance to, uh, to show some of your character and, you know, what you've got inside, not just in your skill set. I think uh, physical skill set. I think that's so. a great point. I think it's a, it's a, that's something that athletes are kind of, um, they're not privy to hearing that from coaches sometimes. Cause a lot the, the industry right now, it's, it's, um, when we first got into softball and we were doing tr- camps in 2014, we launched in August, 2014 with just doing camps. And we had, fa- I had found out, uh, from my, my friend and, um, Kevin Kempton was his name in Southern California. He said, there's this, there's this showcase uh, concept, and I, I was to this day I still kind of scratch my head behind it uh, about it. They that the the showcase idea was was this concept in which if if college coaches were watching a game and uh, an athlete, let's just make it up. There's a scenario. Uh, there's that runner on second base, two outs. They want to watch a player hit, or there's a player up to mm-hmm. bat. If they strike out, if they pop up, if they ground out the tournament directors would, would try to justify that they're running a really cool concept because what they would say is, well, if that coach wants to watch that batter bat again and do it again, they can. And I didn't understand that because to me, now you're artificially producing a scenario, which yeah. I'm, in real games, nothing's artificially produced. Doesn't happen. And I just yeah. don't understand that. I think um, we don't want to do that. You know, we're trying to to make sure that, that, that these athletes, that they learn about life through sport and if we are going to artificially produce things in sport, then we're giving them this false notion that we're, that life's going to be artificially you know, produced for it. And it's, it's not life is tough. Sports is tough, but it, that's what makes you, that's what makes you strong. And um, mm-hmm. I think you'll agree with me there. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be half of what we are if we not played sports. I think we'd be probably a shell of, a, of who we are as individuals without, uh, without athletics and, and all the trials and tribulations that we got to experience. Yeah, and I think for kids who generally tend to love 
the game, whatever game they play, it's such a wonderful vehicle to learn those kinds of things. Because anytime, I believe that anytime you're fully engaged in something that is meaningful to you, that matters to you, um, in sports, you'll see it. There's so much emotion tied to it. That's when learning really sticks, whether it's, you know, the ups and downs or whatever. Um, it just really stays with you because you care about it so much. And so I, I really do believe that sports is such an excellent vehicle to learn those kinds of lessons. And for some kid, it might be dance or it might be art or whatever. But um, I definitely think that it's, I always say it's more than just, just an extracurricular activity as if it's just some frivolous, you know, thing. <laughs> I don't see it that way. So I agree um, anyway, I appreciate your time so much. Just a couple more things before we wrap it up. Sure. Um, number one, you have a family as well amongst all of this stuff that you're doing, right? You have some kids. Yes, I do. I've got two boys. Two boys. And how old are they? Uh, so they're half brothers. Um, uh, Hudson is, let's see, he, his, he's born on uh, actually Christmas Eve. So he is uh, close wow. to four and a half. And then Easton, uh, Easton will be four on May 23rd. And so he will actually wow. be going with me uh, to Florida to attend a tournament. Uh, it's not ours, but we'll be in Panama City, Florida to go check out a tournament that I'll be networking with some teams down there and so I'm excited to go on a first trip with him and and he's uh he comes from a very baseball heavy family um obviously I played baseball as well but his mom's side is extremely um um rich so to speak in baseball, in baseball. And so um <laughs> it, it's cool. it's exciting for my for my kids and I'm I'm doing yeah. a lot of different things with uh, with hopes that I'll be able to to maybe give them some some things to, to set goals for later in life. So do they so far have interest in playing or messing around with baseball or watching baseball or. Yeah, they do. They, they definitely yeah. see uh, a lot of the things if they're, if they're out at tournaments or if they're watching TV, they know what's going on. It's um, it's, it's kind of funny. They'll get the, the sport names wrong. They'll get, they'll call, <laughs> Hey, you're watching football. And I'm like, no, I'm actually watching basketball on TV. And it, but um, but it's just just being a parent now. It's uh, you can't help but but love the innocence of a kid, and mm. just how they they just don't know, and um, they can't be wrong, right? Because you just don't know, and you we just don't know, yeah. and and so I love it. I love it, and I, I look forward to um, to when they play sports. And I think for for what I do as a profession and trying to trying to create with top recruit. Um, it's it's exciting because I hope to be able to have some sort of impact in in this industry and in this culture that they'll be in, um, you know, in a few heavily be in in the next uh, you know ten ten years, ten to fifteen years. Yeah, it's so fun. It really is. Uh, <laughs> kids kids in general are fun, and then the whole sports thing adds to that. And so um, I think you'll enjoy it. And four is such a great age too, so you're already getting to experience a lot of the fun stuff. But um, the last question I wanted to ask you, since the podcast is called Eating Curveballs for Breakfast, um, what's one of the major curveballs life's thrown you, or maybe even business, um, whether it's the biggest one you've ever had and or a significant, more recent one that is fresh on your mind and you just think, wow, oh, this is something that I didn't expect, but, and what you, you know, how did it affect you or how did it impact positively or negatively um, as you went through it? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I'll, I think um, I, I can definitely kind of explain my career and what happened with that. So, so most of your listeners are probably going to be either inquiring student athletes or parents, mm -hmm. um, especially in the softball industry. So 
when I played at University of Hawaii, I was very fortunate in my first two years to to be asked to pitch a lot. Um, and I, of course, being not your prototypical pitcher size, I'm five eight on a good day, and I had a good <laughs> arm. But I I threw a lot at the University of Hawaii so much, mm-hmm. in fact, that my arm um, fell apart my junior year, and I ended up having a really terrible season that year. And then I sat out my fourth year. And I ended up needing uh, Tommy John surgery. So those of you that don't know what Tommy John surgery, it's, it's, the, it's the most popular surgery that's seen all over baseball that uh, pitchers get. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's your ulnar collateral ligament that, um, that has flexion and allows your arm to be able to propel a ball forward when you throw overhand. That tore. It completely tore in half. And um, that was hard because... This, there was a shift in the coaching uh, staff as well. Coach Les had been retiring. Um, my mm-hmm. fourth year, I sat out. He had a stroke. And, and so there was a shift in trying to just juggle that season. And I was so bothered um, that I found myself being so mad at everybody and not having questions. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just you know, you know, me being a little naive and, and, and not remembering that, hey, there's, you know, now it's about action. What are you going to do? And I – just focused on school at that time. I baseball at the time was something I really didn't care about. Um, I wasn't working out. I was going to school. I was knocking out 21 credits and everything. And so that, that kept me um, focused and busy, but we had a new coach that was coming in the very next year and I hadn't thrown a baseball in a long time. Um, I I wasn't aware that my, my ligament was torn. I just knew it hurt. And um, Mm. so I came home that summer before my, what would have been my red shirt fifth year. And I got in shape. I, I worked harder than I ever did. I had been in the best shape I had ever been in. I was, uh, when I went back to school the fall of my fifth year, I was getting up every morning at 5 a.m. running, and uh, which, is, which is a lot to say for especially a college athlete. You know, usually mm-hmm. you, you'll get up and do your fall training with your program as you're supposed to, but right. not, not usually by yourself. And, uh, yeah. and I, so that's how focused I was because I wanted to figure out, could I, could I get some closure? And I, unfortunately, my arm couldn't hold up. Um, I didn't get to play that year and it, it made more sense to have surgery and I didn't know. So you talk about a curveball. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had gotten my degree that, that, um, that winter or that fall in December and I didn't know what to do. Um, I thought maybe I'd stay in Hawaii and there was a lot of people that had job offers for me and things and I didn't know what to do. I, it had become home for me and, um, I really didn't miss Las Vegas, to be honest with you. I, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know um, where I was going to go next. And so I had a couple of people that were like, you know what, we can try to get you a, a um, tryout with some, some major league organizations. And it was just, you know, when you realize at five foot eight, you're, you're just probably not going to get any chances in major league baseball. Mm-hmm. But I'm, when I was rehabbing and everything, it, unfortunately it just didn't go my way. And so, I never got closure and that bothered me. That was, uh, for me, was probably the biggest obstacle or curveball that was thrown at me. It was, was yeah, that nev- I never got to know when the last day was that yeah. I was done. And I can't even recall what, what the last outing what was happened. that I ever did. And mm-hmm. so I turned a lot of my energy and focus to student athletes and, and my older brother being uh, the, the business guy he is and the visionary, he said, we need to build you a, a, a brand. Uh, so you can, you know, do private lessons because I think you're really good at talking with people and I think you'll be great with kids. And so we had started this thing called onthebump.com and that was my website. And on the bump mm. is this phrase that you use in baseball. So it's, they always say like, hey, who's on the bump? And that means right. them pitching mound. And so 
I did that. And um, it, it, I think it re kind of, it, it gave me a drive and gave me a passion that was very different from what I had uh, been doing as a student athlete, but I was able to relate my experiences and all my years playing with students. And I think that was probably why I was able to be successful for a while as parents really truly appreciated my background. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's, it's funny how all of that has kind of continued to lead into my, what I'm now trying to do with top recruit. So, yeah. So I, you, you say curveball, I say, man, forkball could be screwball. It's, it's, it's whatever, <laughs> but you know, you take, yeah. your, you take your best swing and, and you do your yeah. best, but that was probably, that's probably the most relatable curveball experience that I, that I encountered. And, and we're still, you know, still trying to foul that thing off until we can hit a home run with what we're trying to do. With mm-hmm. top <laughs> that's cool. Well, I mean, it's, it's just really obvious that, you know, you care about what you do and, just trying to find a way to help student athletes because I think, you know, you and I both know um, what it can be like and how difficult it is. And then even at the college level, it's a, it's a whole different thing when you get there. And so helping to prepare athletes and give them resources, not only so that they can get there, but then even for me, it's like wanting them to understand um, what it is that, it's going to take and then you know kind of helping the families prepare too because I think no matter where you go why well, I, I mean being from Hawaii what happens here is that everything is so far away from home if you don't go here right. <laughs> um, that it's always a transition right I think people aren't realizing like no matter how much your kid wants to go away because they want to leave home or whatever um, it's always a transition and I didn't even leave home I stayed here I'm on the same island I grew up on, same climate, I mean, you know, same weather, same everything that I'm used to, and it was still quite a transition. And I and I went to a high school where PE was very demanding. I mean, we were we were, you know, we were running miles for PE. So it's not like running was foreign to me. I ran track, so it's not like workouts were foreign to me and still it was quite a major adjustment to get to college. So I try to let, you know, the student athletes and the families know I'm like it's going you know expect it to be an adjustment don't expect it to just be oh I'm going to be here and everything's going to be super great and then also don't beat yourself up because it is an adjustment like don't think that oh I don't belong here because it feels out of my comfort zone <laughs> like that's, right. that's kind of how it is <laughs> yeah it is it's I, I think there's so many different instances um, that we all go through as as athletes and student athletes but we have to kind of, if you have the ability to be exposed to people that have great experiences, good and bad, because you can learn mm-hmm. from everything. Um, yeah. I think it's, we're in search of, especially as we get older, right? We, we, with age comes wisdom. Um, we look back at, at, oh my gosh, if I would have really paid attention to some of these mm-hmm. things that were mentioned to me, that I, when I talk to people these days, and especially when I, when I try to think about the effort I put in with Top Recruit and, and our initiatives, it's you want to focus on trying to be the very best version of yourself and mm-hmm. don't be afraid to make mistakes and don't be afraid to take chances. And so going away from with, with student athletes in Hawaii, um, yeah, you're on a rock in the middle of the Pacific and mm-hmm. it is very different when you go to the mainland. And, and for those athletes that are from the mainland, United States that go to Hawaii, uh, that to play at the University of Hawaii or, or any of the schools out there, it is a transition. But you know what? Those are the experiences that are going to shape you and shape the, probably the next 10 to 15 years. And how you grow and how you become the best version of you 
is what's going to it, it all that's going to be dependent on the, the decisions you make while you're in those moments where you're getting mm-hmm. you know you're it, where things seem to be a little tough for you but that doesn't mean that you can't get back up you know dust the dirt off you get out of the gutter and and, and make the best out of it and and that's what's uh, what's so great about sports. It's, it's there's always another chance, right? And there's always another yeah. at bat. And what you do exactly today isn't the end of the world. It's there's always a tomorrow. Sun always goes up, and it always sets, and and you can look forward to the next day. For sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, My pleasure. I appreciate I appreciate your input and everything that you're trying to do with Top Recruit, and um, and with all you know, the events and the platforms and the resources that you're putting together. So I appreciate everything that you and all of, you know, your whole team is doing for not only the softball community, but youth sports in general. So I just wanted to thank you for that. And um, just let me know if there's anything else I can do to help you out or there's any, you know, you want me to get the word out for something, just let me know. And um, I just wanted to really take the time to tell you that, you know, we really appreciate what you're doing. And um, it's been fun to see. I've been following along for a few years. So it's been fun to see the growth and to just see you continue to get up every day and just keep going. And I know there's got to be a lot of challenges and a lot of obstacles and a lot of adversity. And um, it's very obvious that, you know, you're so inspired to do this, that you just, this doesn't, it doesn't stop you. Yeah, it's really cool to be able to see that. Yeah, the purpose. I think our purpose and what we're trying to do is more important than, than some of the pitfalls. And, and I appreciate what you're all about and what you're trying to do and what you do for the game as well. So it's, it's mutual. All right, Ian. So where can people connect with you online and or learn more about Top Recruit and upcoming events? We've got a website, uh, www.toprecruit.com. And uh, I, as well as the company, are on Facebook. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, why do I feel like I'm um, leaving one out? But, uh, yeah, those would be the the main flat platforms that everybody can find us on. Okay, and if someone wanted to bring an event to their area, they can just go to one of those platforms and send a message? Yeah, they can send a message. Uh, We have, I think we have a contact us page where you can inquire about us maybe coming in or or considering your location as well. Um, Our camps... And it's soon to be our elite youth um, tournaments platform, which is our sister company, Future Prospects. Uh, that, that, that is futureprospects.com as well. And you can do the same thing there too. And you do other sports, not just softball right now? We, softball is the main uh, proof of concept, so to speak. And we will be launching okay. into uh, the next sport pretty soon. We're just wanting to finalize everything cool. and make sure everything's very successful with, with softball. One and uh, we'll be looking yeah. at the next one. Very cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, yep. um, and yeah, I will probably have to have you on at some point again in the future and uh, dig into more stuff with you, but I appreciate your time and it was fun talking. So I thank you. You're welcome. Would love to take care. Bye-bye. Bye.